0: Welcome back to the Pro Football Pod. This is your host, Colby. You can follow me at Twitter at coach underscore PFP. This week we're going to be finishing up our divisional preview with the best division in football, the worst division in football, and another division in football. So let's get started. Justin, you got anybody to talk about?
1: Yeah, what up, guys? It's your boy, Justin, uh, on Twitter, at PFP underscore Justin. Uh, We're just going to start flowing into it right here for you guys. Um, Starting off on my buys this week, I personally have the NFC South. Um, I've got uh, Jameis Winston. I'm buying in on famous Jameis this year. He, uh, last two years, you know, he's only accumulated 11 games of playing time, but... Before he got injured last year, the man was on a tear, and he was set to have, you know, a career year minus the thirty interception season that he had. Uh, this guy he threw fourteen touchdowns and to three interceptions before he got injured last year. A thousand or one thousand one hundred and seventy yards. The man, like I said, tore up the Packers in Week One with five five of those fourteen touchdowns in Week One. He was also effective on the ground, too, giving, you know, 166 yards and a lone touchdown on that. Definitely buying into Jameis this year, especially with Michael Thomas coming back. Now, it came out today he's dealing with a hamstring injury. I don't know what Michael Thomas, you know, he went out forever and waited too long to get surgery on an ankle. So I don't know what he's going to do with a hamstring injury, but they did bring us Jarvis Landry and Chris Olavi as well. So he does have a quality uh, stable of pass catchers out there. So definitely buy in on Jameis. Plus, I mean, you can get Jameis Winston at third uh, average draft position right now of thirteen point oh two. So in the thirteenth round, you can get Jameis Winston. M- more than likely, you're drafting him as a QB two. You can easily start him a few games just because of matchups and situational stuff. And he's going to end up winning you a couple weeks there. So buy in on Jameis and just, you know, let the crab legs eat, you know, eat them W's.
0: How can you draft somebody that threw for five touchdowns week one of last season right before Matt Ryan and Brian Tannehill? I mean, it's after Daniel Jones goes, then Jameis Winston goes, Trevor Lawrence. Like these guys shouldn't even be in the conversation with a dude that has new eyes. Like, let's be real. He got hurt last year, but he can see now. And he's got people to throw the ball to. It's not Mike Williams or Mike Evans and uh, Chris Godwin, but it's
2: it's great. I really like Travis Etienne. They have a very good defense, but they're still a bad team. I see them playing from behind and Travis Etienne definitely in PPR. um, Catch him passes out of the backfield. I I'm loving ETN this year. James Robinson is dealing with an injury. ETN I love without a doubt. I
1: like a lot this year too. I do think, you know, he's gonna have a nice little comeback season. I mean, he got hurt last year in the preseason, so he missed the whole year. I think they're gonna use him a lot out of the slot too. So you'll see him and James Robinson sharing the field. And I think James Robinson's set to be back week one. Um, But, like I said, I don't really think that will affect Etienne's value too much, especially where you can get him um, in the draft. So, yeah, I'm with you there. I definitely would
2: buy in on Etienne this year for sure. And I I don't think, even with Robinson being back, um, with Doug Pearson, the type of offense he tries to run, um, I I just – I see Etienne being a – Definitely in PPR, one of the top backs, possibly top 10, 15 back in PPR this year. I love where you can get him in drafts, too. Great value there. Yeah.
1: Where's he going um, at in drafts? I don't have that pulled up.
3: Going around like the eighth round, seventh, eighth round.
1: You got him uh, in like
3: the second running back flex spot.
1: At, he's going three point one two. He's going back into the third round, beginning of the fourth.
3: Yeah, he goes yeah, right
1: after David really Montgomery,
0: and uh, right right after uh, right before Cam Akers. So he's like right around Brees Hall. I think Brees Hall is probably going to fall off of these lists a little bit with the injuries and Zach Wilson. So, I mean, he he's definitely a bit of an investment. Um, there's a lot of risk there. I mean, I see why like you'd want to buy into him. But Especially like the what else on that team? He's got so much
2: potential and upside. We didn't... He, this right. is his rookie year. We don't know what he looked like. But is not every person that wins their fantasy leagues, are they not the ones that take some chances?
0: And I disagree uh, in some ways. I think that you can definitely win. Uh, you can lose a league during the draft, but it's very unlikely for you to get that... Kareem Hunt in the eighth round to win your league. Like that doesn't happen all the time. And this Thur- isn't a, a situation Thur- like that. A third rounder, I mean, that's your first or second running back. If they're any type of a bust, then you just lost your league. And there's so much risk there at Travis okay. at the end. Hey, okay. sometimes you
1: have to risk it for the biscuit, baby. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but consistency, but I,
2: I mean, I, I, under- I understand where Colby's coming from and saying that Um, it's risky to take him, especially in third round. But if you're in a PPR league and you know the Jags, even with the good defense they're going to have, we've already seen within the first two weeks of preseason preseason, that they can't finish their drives. So they're going to be playing from behind. They may be better, but they're going to be playing from behind. And that's where I see Etienne, or I don't ETN. know how you say it, but that's where I see him being of value. Um, because I just see can... guys like
0: like Clyde going after him. I see guys like Miles Sanders, Melvin Gordon, like he's going at around these players. And uh,
2: I mean, it's just I'd so much rather difficult. have
3: Travis Etienne than those guys.
2: Did, did you see? Did you see? Do you remember them playing together at Clemson? I was gonna and, bring that point up. Right. Like you you remember that connection. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I see happening. We have to we have to remember what Jacksonville went through last year with Urban Meyer and just total cluster fuck. We now have Doug Peterson who made fucking Nick Foles, a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. What's he going to do with this team?
0: I'm not disagreeing. I just think that it's unproven. And for me, I, I I don't like to draft rookie running backs. Travis Etienne's a rookie running back for all intents and purposes. We don't know what he looks like at the NFL level. Saquon Barkley, you know looked like he was going to be this unreal next level Jonathan Taylor running back. And then injuries happen and all types of things happen in the NFL. Running back is the hardest position to be good at. And it takes the most youth, but it takes experience. So I just want to see him succeed before I want to buy in at that type of a cost. Well, there's a reason he's starting over James Washington now or Robinson. Like James Conner scored 12 touchdowns last year. And right after him, you get to draft ETN, who scored none. He didn't touch the ball. He got hurt and was hurt all year. And there's a brand new offense with all these new things moving around. I mean, he could be great. He could end up winning you a league. But Ezekiel Elliott, the rushing champ his rookie year, is three
2: picks later. I'd rather have that. The the Jags are probably going to win like five games this year. But they're going to be close in a lot of games, but they're going to be playing behind in those games, and that's where Etienne will be the the back that converts the third down, third and seven, and out of the the backfield. And I'm I'm all in on Etienne. I like him a lot. What's up, guys? It's Austin. I got the uh, AFC West. A
3: buy I like over there is Mike Williams. He's a wide receiver 15 this year, ADP of 49. He's a six foot foot four, 220 pounder. He's 27 years old, just signed a contract for three years, $60 million. So his team's bought into him. He was a first round pick. So show you where his talents at coming out of Clemson. He finished wide receiver 13 last year I didn't realize he finished wide receiver number 13. Yeah. He finished 13 and Keenan Allen finished 11. Okay. Wow. So yeah, Justin Herbert had two top 15 fantasy wide receivers last year. Uh, He had nine touchdowns and almost 1200 yards and Keenan Allen almost had 1200 yards and he only had six touchdowns. So I, I really do think that like Mike Williams is going to take that step up this year and be the number one in that, on that offense. And,
2: and with Keenan Allen's injury history. Exactly. If Keenan Allen goes down, who else is there? Um, So that's a good point. I like that. I like that a lot.
1: So what, just to clarify though, even when, Keenan with Keenan Allen being healthy and they're both on the field at the same time. You think Mike Williams is going to overtake him as the number one target on that team? Yeah.
3: Just because the coverage is going to be more heavy on Keenan Allen that that's why Mike Williams was getting fed last year so much is because
0: he's always open. Last year, Mike Williams had 120 targets Keenan Allen had 150. I think that we see that get a lot closer. And what Mike Williams was capable of doing with his targets compared to what Keenan Allen did, I mean, he's getting more yards per catch. He's getting more touchdowns. Like, the guy's a monster. With the way that offense is going to be, top three offense, they're going to score often. His He's touchdown reliant, which means that we should be cautious of him. But at the same time, if they're going to get more touchdowns because of it being a great offense, then someone that's touchdown reliant isn't that big of a deal. Mike Evans has always been touchdown reliant, but even whenever Jameis was there, they scored 35 touchdowns. They just threw 35 interceptions at the same time.
1: All right, so uh, we're just going to go ahead and let me tell you, I'm looking at a... I'm just going to pause and start over. Okay, so uh yeah, I'm I'm also buying in on Kyle Pitts this year. Now, I know, you know, he was a very popular pick last year being the dream rookie tight end coming out and he only scored one touchdown all season last year, which is honestly kind of mind-blowing for his skill set and his size and how much he was relied upon just between the numbers. Um but I really do think that he is going to obviously more than one touchdown. I think you can easily look at seven to eight. Um, they drafted Drake London this year, but I they don't have anybody else to throw to. So, I mean, Kyle Pitts, he should break out onto the scene this year a little bit more. I think he's right now, his uh, ADP is, where did I have that? His ADP right now is 4.04. So he's going pretty early. But I do think he will be worth the early draft pick because I think he finishes the year as a top five tight end,
2: which is basically gold. Which I would I would sit there and agree with that because, once again, Mariota, we know who Mariota is. He's been in the league five years now. We know that he's going to settle in the middle of the field, like I talked about earlier. And he, Kyle Pitts is going to be his safety blanket. So, Kyle Pitts, as like, I can't imagine a universe where Kyle Pitts is not top five, top seven, as far as being a tight end.
0: Uh, the issue I'm having with it is that you're drafting him as a top three or four tight end. I mean, he's going right after mark andrews okay uh,
2: so so my question like that is do you pick upon what everybody everybody else picks on or do you pick on what you feel is right
0: well yeah my point is that you've got a player like darren waller going an entire round later you can get him a whole round later, get more depth and, v- and value in the fourth round instead of taking Kyle Pitts, take Darren Waller. He's going to be on a better offense. He's going to be in a, t- in a position to score. Yes, you have DeAndre, um, Devontae Adams, and yes, he's going to take away some looks, but that's not going to hurt the inside guy, the guy that's running the seam and eating in the middle. That's going to hurt the outside guys. So I think so, that there's a lot more value a couple, you know,
2: quite a few picks later. OK, so we constantly there are players that. Don't finish where we think that they should finish, but what do you value? What do you think this certain player should be or where do you I want? I think them he's a
0: not? second year player
2: that's really a wide receiver playing tight end
0: on one of the a bottom five offense. I and mean, they, the they, reality is, like, I want players that are going to score. I want players that have players around them that are going to make it easier a, for them. I don't want the only option with a rookie coming in. If Ridley was there, it'd be a different situation, but he's not. This year, it's hey, just going to be
2: these two tall guys. He's he's a tight end. He's a tight end, which is the literal hardest position to draft. It's the hardest All to draft, by. but it could
0: also be considered the one with the least value. Because if you go off of what the average tight end scores, you don't need to have one of the top three guys to win your league. All you need to do is have someone that's serviceable, someone that's going to put up more than four
2: points a game. What position every single year causes causes concern? I didn't running running back, uh,
0: the injuries. No. I mean, that's the biggest concern so the I have. Is, is, if you didn't draw the wow. hardest. Uh, one okay, you guys say and this, and last year in the Dynasty League, I won with Darren Waller being on my bench all year. Foster Moreau put up three point eight points. That man was not helping me win games, but I still had enough depth and value at the other positions what? that it didn't Flat. matter. How I mean, How this long is this year. We'll see. How long I mean, have we been playing? but I've and I've never really valued the tight. I just think that it's a trap. Because Travis Kelsey last year was a trap. If you took him at his number one tight end value, and then Mark okay. Andrews outperforms him, and he has all those bad weeks, inconsistencies, what loses
2: you championships. Okay, so the question shouldn't be when you should draft a tight end, because all people that play uh, fantasy football knows you don't fucking draft the tight end in the first five rounds.
0: But that's what you're I'm saying careful. to do right now. You're saying to no, take no, Kyle no. Pitts at number four. He's, he's 4.01. I mean, that's, that's exactly what we're saying to do, and that's what I'm disagreeing with. I love your point, Julian. I'm all
1: about it. Hey, Julian, uh, who else do you have over there in the AFC South that you need to
2: buy in on? <laughs> Michael Pittman. I'm all in on Michael Pittman with matt ryan throwing him in the football if he can't do anything with matt ryan nah, you're out but yeah i'm 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 buying on michael pittman uh, he's the number 13 drafted receiver adp is at 41 i'll take that i'll take that that's just a solid number two with matt ryan thrown to him i'll take that all day long to be my number two receiver
1: I like Michael Pittman a lot. I do. Yeah. Especially well, you gotta look at his size. You know, he's six four, two twenty three. Doesn't have the athleticism or the speed, so I'm not comparing it before I even get to it. But the last time Matt Ryan had receivers with that size, a la, Roddy White, Julio Jones.
2: They were never that size though. Julio,
1: Julio
2: is six three.
1: Okay, so he's got an inch. But yeah. So you, Matt Ryan loves those big body wide receivers. Right. So, yeah, I definitely think they should develop a uh, you know a little chemistry there. I mean, Pittman had six touchdowns last year. So, you know, that's tied for 25th. So he's about, you know, middle of the pack of where he should be. I think with Matt Ryan, yeah, he definitely could be looking at a possible double-digit touchdown season.
2: I, I mean, I'd even be – I would say that would be a stretch. As far as drafting for receivers, he's a solid, solid number two so if you where, if you had
0: the choice between a j Brown, Michael Pittman, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams,
2: who are you going to take no i'm I'm taking Keenan Allen every day every day so, I mean that's
0: right where Michael Pittman's going is like Keenan Allen. And then right after that, you've got DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton. I mean, I I think that Michael Pittman definitely has value. I just think that where he's being drafted is a little bit early with a team like Jonathan Taylor as a running back and Matt Ryan. I'm excited about Matt Ryan playing for another team and him playing with like a real defense and an offensive line and a running back.
2: Okay, tell me tell me any other big bodied receiver or tight end in that offense.
1: the Colts just drafted Alec uh, Pierce too. He was a wide receiver out of
2: Cincinnati. He stands about six, four. And he has had a horrible, horrible training camp.
0: So it's like we were saying at the beginning of the uh, pod, maybe even before we started talking Uh, If you look at last year's receivers and you look at the top 25, there are three that are over six foot two. I don't think you need to be six foot four to have value. I think whenever they get into the red zone, Jonathan Taylor going to do Jonathan Taylor things. I think that you're not going to get those scores from Pittman. That's why his touchdown count was so low last year. It it dink and dunk. He needs a quick receiver with good hands. Calvin Ridley was the perfect person for Matt Ryan to throw the ball to. I think he, Michael Pittman is, it's like giving him Mike Evans. Like that's not what he wants. We could hope to see Matt Ryan, but Matty Ice throws the ball short. He doesn't score big, long touchdowns, which is what Michael Pittman is. And whenever okay. it cuts into the red zone, they're going to be smart with the ball. They're going to run it three times, maybe throw it once. Love I don't it. know
3: about you, but anytime I've seen Matt Ryan play, he, it's been a shootout. Like, whenever he
0: played against, you know, the Saints, whenever he plays so, against uh, okay. the Packers. That, that has more the, to do the with the Saints and the Packers than it does him. Like, because I agree, there are some games, and it's partially because of his division, that it looks like he has shootouts every year because he has to play the Saints twice a year. The Saints always have like, a shootout. It seems whenever like they a trend,
3: shirt. like whoever had to play Matt Ryan, you were going to have a shootout against. That's what it
0: seemed like, but I could be wrong. I mean, it's not that he throws 50-yard bombs, though. He just dinks and dunks. He's accurate. He has good consistency. That's good, but that's not Michael Pittman. He's 6'4", he's not 6'1". Well, I think we've talked enough about the passing attack for the Colts. Maybe we should talk about somebody from the AFC West. Yeah, we got a
3: same type of body style. Cortland Sutton, wide receiver for the Broncos. You know, Russell Wilson coming over from Seattle. I think we're going to have a great comparison of Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and this new Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy combo. Russ had two top 20 receivers last year. DK had 967 yards with 12 touchdowns. 125 targets, so you know Russ loves to throw the ball. Sutton only had 776 yards and two touchdowns last year, so he's going to have a huge upside coming his way. Uh, He's the clear number one receiver on his team, and he's battling back from a torn ACL that he suffered in week two of the 2020 season. See, I can see him. Really, really having some great fantasy value, especially where you can get him. He's the wide receiver sixteen, with the ADP of fifty two.
2: Where's Jerry Judy going in the draft? Did Russell Wilson, like, can we think back while Russell Wilson played with the Seahawks? Did he choose a certain specific type of receiver, a receiver that would kind of go up and get the ball? or a receiver that ran the right routes. Ran and the right I routes. He preferred Tyler exactly, Lockett way over, way over exactly, DK Metcalf. Exactly. So there's my question is, do we think that he's going to go for a guy that's going to beat his guy or a guy that is going to run the right routes?
3: Well, the proof is kind of in the pudding on how he was splitting it up last year evenly with how they finished last year, D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. They were like neck and neck. So, like, he he really did split it up between them. I, I do think he favored Tyler Lockett more so. So I could see him maybe taking a liking more to Jerry Judy over Cortland's or
1: Sutton. But, yeah. Which, DK and Lockett, obviously, they were the top two receivers, but skill set-wise, I don't think they're as comparable to Sutton and Judy. No. Um, just because DK is almost an elite deep threat. With that size and that speed, it he doesn't really match with anybody in the NFL right now. And so the, the Broncos don't have anybody like that. I, now, Jerry Judy, I will say, I think he compares with Lockett um, a lot more he compares with Lockett better than, you know, comparing any of those receivers with DK. Because Jerry, has, he was an elite route runner at Alabama, and he still is an elite route runner. Um, and so, like you guys were saying, you know, Russ does appreciate the route runners, the guys that can get open, get open quick. And basically, um, with, it's on a new team, so you're going to have to find out, but it's just all about who he can trust. Because, uh, I mean, hell, Doug Baldwin was a valuable fantasy wide receiver because Russell Wilson trusted him.
0: You think yeah, with a guy like about... Tyler Lockett being so small that uh, like, he would be playing on the slot a lot, but he actually caught a lot from the outside. That's the big thing with Corlin Sutton is he's an outside guy. And I think that Russ has always liked throwing the ball on the other side of the field deep. And just going for that corner pylon, that's Cortland Sutton all day. And you're getting him at such a value. I mean, the guy could be top five. Like, he has that potential in talent.
1: Yeah, I do like Sutton. And like I said, I think it is more of a toss-up, like a 50-50 type thing between the two. But, uh, you know, we're talking about buying. And I might have it might be a hot take just because of where he's going right now. But I'm selling on uh, Christian McCaffrey this year, guys. Mostly the i I understand, man. he is elite when he actually plays a full season. He's a top two fantasy player, but in the last two seasons, the guy has played in ten games he's a running back, he's only getting older, and he's dealt with injuries two years in a row that are significant that put him out for long extended periods of time and where he's going right now is number one or number two in drafts nah, I'm selling on that because. I'm not taking a guy that early, somebody that is supposed to be the linchpin of all of my points and crossing my fingers that, oh, well, hope to God I get his uh, handcuff because I know I'm going to miss games with him. I'm not about that life. I need you on the field. I need you producing. And I don't want to have to worry about every week paying attention to that injury report. How many times did you practice that week? Why were you out? Why were you on the training table throughout the week? Like, I, no. Like, give me somebody. We've talked about it before. I need efficiency and consistency. When he's on the field, he is top three. He is one of the best. White boy wonder. But he hasn't been on the field the last two years. So for this season, I'm going to sell on him, sit back, wait and see what happens. Now, I'll be the asshole that waits on him or sells on him, and he plays all year goes off for 1,500 yards, 20 total touchdowns, and then next year I'm going to jump in and draft him number one because fuck it, and then he's going to get hurt again the next year. So <laughs> he's he's literally, like, when running backs like that, they just pile on those injuries. I, I cannot ever buy into him ever again. So cr- sorry, but no McCaffrey for me this year.
0: In a few so, best ball leagues and even in um, a, 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 a redraft league this year, I've had McCaffrey fall back as far as six. I, I agree. It too, there's a lot of risk. It's just like taking Derrick Henry at three. Like, it, it's a lot of miles on these guys. But man, the value for getting them near the middle or end of a first round, you can't pass up on that. You have
2: to take it when it's there. The nickname for them is called the White Hope. The Great, uh, great White Hope. White Hope. Hey, General. that I feel like that's reserved for Larry Bird and Larry Bird only. I know. I know. Christian. Christian got that nickname added on to him as well, but well, I he, understand. He,
1: he needs to pay Larry a substantial <laughs> amount of money.
2: I
0: think he's but, paid his dues. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but.
2: Man. If I were drafting in a 12 team league, I'm, if, if I'm drafting within a top five, I'm taking Christian McCash without a doubt. The Browns letting go of Baker Mayfield, I just feel that Baker Mayfield's going to basically fucking give it to him. I see Kish- Christian McCaffrey having a fucking hell of a year, 2,000-yard year coming if he's from healthy. McCaffrey. If he's on the field. I mean, that's That's literally, that's
1: that's the the only, like, that's my only asterisk on him is if he's on the field. field. And like I said, I'll be the asshole that doesn't draft him, but that's also for my mental health every fucking week. So I'm not having to worry about what I'm doing with my lineup. I'm a guy, I like to set it and forget it. Let me set my starters and I don't even have to worry about it throughout the week because I know I'm getting production.
2: Or you could also take... Christian McCaffrey and know that he's going to produce for you if he's on the field. If he's on the field, yeah. If, like so and, one way or the other. Yes.
1: Yeah, and it's—I it, know it's a cop out and everything like that. And I, like I said, but it's just I—I I need to be able to physically handle week to week what I'm getting. And like I it's, mean, with- he'll even if Chris, my thing too. Really, if you're going to be out. The first seven weeks, that's fine. Give me the back end of the year for the playoff push and the championship games. But his problem is he gets hurt early in the season and you're fucked the rest of the year because there ain't no way you're picking up anybody or you drafted anybody else that's going to give you similar production. Yeah. You invest a lot
3: in your first round pick, so I'd rather take a guy that I know is at least pretty
1: much healthy. So would you take Saquon instead? No. Nope. Same reasons. Same reasons. He can't stay healthy. And also, though, I mean, Dable obviously is going to change that offense up, but I don't trust Daniel Jones. And if they're behind in games, Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor,
2: they're not running the ball. So so late first round pick, you're not taking McCaffrey or Saquon.
0: Saquon's more of a mid-second round pick, but I mean,
2: I, I would take McCaffrey late
1: first round. Definitely. I would rather
3: take a receiver over an injury
1: prone running back. I would rather around the running backs that are going there. If I were to pass on Saquon, I would rather have Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara. Dude, I think Swift's going to have a hell of a year this
0: year. He's a receiving back that's running behind the number three offensive line in football. I mean, it's going to be hard for him not to have a hell of a year.
3: I mean we we can say the same thing for McCaffrey, though he's a receiving back. and that's he why he has have so a much hell of value, a year, but his if you can stay healthy that's like I said like but it, we can't we can't predict the future, so he has got to ride right. this wave
1: out. Hey, like I said earlier, you got to risk it for the biscuit. That's just not a biscuit I'm willing to eat. so uh, yeah, like I, like I said i'm I'm selling on Christian Julian, I know you've got to be selling on somebody over there in the AFC South, the probably the whole division.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, for this year, I mean, we can all agree, uh, Trevor Lawrence this year, right now he's going as quarterback 18. Who the fuck would draft him right now? If you were in a dynasty league, hopefully Doug Peterson helps him grow. But still not betting on that.
1: Just a quick counterpoint, real quick, just because of what you mentioned earlier. You did say Doug Peterson took Big Dick Nick Foles and won a Super Bowl with him. I would feel like Trevor Lawrence has more talent than Nick Foles.
2: Correct. Yes, I I agree with that. And a bigger dick. Like, I would not.
1: <laughs> I don't know if anybody's got a bigger dick just, than Dick Dick Nick. Look, i I'm I'm not touching that one. You're not touching the dick. I, no, <laughs> no, if, they, if that's the question, no, no, I'm not. Sorry. Okay, so you're selling on Trevor Lawrence and Traylon Burke. See, I like actually, I actually like both of them this year. I like Traylon just because I mean, his pro comp, and I don't know how much everybody likes the comps or anything. His pro comp was AJ Brown body size, speed,
2: that's, ability. That's why they were so quick to trade AJ Brown away. But have you read any of the stories about him since then? About Traylon? Yeah.
1: Uh, No, I haven't seen anything about how he's doing in camp or anything. To be one hundred percent honest, so I mean, he's a wide receiver on a running team, so
0: like, there's always going to be that.
2: It's it's not only that; it's he had conditioning problems where like. He just. I did see that at the beginning of the year. I did see that. Okay. And then there was a report last week again, and Mike Vrabel sat there and said basically like, yeah, he's still not living up to be like, he's still not conditioned.
1: Okay. So redraft leagues, no trailing Burks this year. Dynasty leagues, maybe draft late, draft and stash. See how he turns out.
2: yeah he's a first round pick he's got talent
3: but no I, i get that like he's someone i've been passing up on in a regular redraft league like i'm not in on Traylon burks with that type of offense like with everything we've been hearing about him i'm not sold yet where i am sold on other guys other rookies coming out so who are you selling on over there then Who I'm selling on is Clyde Edwards Elair, running back for the Chiefs. He's running back 21 this year with an ADP of 72. It's decent value for him, but I do think that it's going to slip throughout the year. Um, He was a first round pick coming from LSU. In the 2020 season, he had 800 yards and four touchdowns rushing, and then 36 receiving and 300 yards. That's not that impressive for a rookie season. He's also getting been getting banged up quite a bit. In the 2020 season, he had only 517 yard, uh, yards and four touchdowns again, and only 19 receptions and 129 yards. They drafted uh, running back Isaiah Pacheco and reports coming out of camp, he's pretty electric. And they're liking him a lot. Peck has been balling, yeah. So yeah, um, Clyde also had gallbladder surgery over the off season, so he's been recovering from that. He lost a
1: bunch of weight. So um, do you think, like, where he had to have that surgery, was that affecting him at all last season, to where his value seemed to have dropped? I mean, maybe it could have been. I can't I've really seen, say. I've, I've seen Clyde as a very like a popular. Uh, pick as far as somebody just because of where you can get him in the drafts. Dawson right around
0: the same draft position. You guys got, got, you have guys like Miles Sanders, Antonio Gibson, um, Ramondre Stevenson, chase Edmonds. Those are the other running backs that you have as an option. Obviously I'm oh, hopefully you go running back early, but who would you take? I would, I'm honestly sold on chase Edmonds this
3: year. I was sold on him last year and I think he's going to be a great back for the Miami Dolphins. Like he's a great receiving back
0: as well as a rushing down back like that system has a running back in it that has a lot more experience in it with Raheem Mostert, but they brought in Chase Edmonds for more money than Raheem Mostert. If Mike McDaniel's thought Mostert would be enough to just run that ball and that was all they'd need, they wouldn't have paid him 6.25 million, I believe. So I I totally agree. I think Chase Edmonds has a lot more value, especially because you can get Raheem Mostert even way after you would have to get Isaiah Pacheco if you're trying to go for a handcuff situation, trying to get a running back on a potential top 15 offense. I mean, that's always
1: something that's important to have. So in the duo, there's more value for the Dolphins side than there is for the Chiefs side. If you're going for running back and handcuff there. I mean, especially because you'd have to take three with the Chiefs.
0: Like, you wouldn't even really want to take Pacheco. You'd want to take Ronald Jones and Clyde. No. And and There's exactly. Reports are, com- reports are coming out that Ronald Jones might not even make the cut. Wow. That's impressive, seeing as how much he did last year, the last couple of years for Tampa. I mean, I know Leonard has a lot more value, but, man, uh, Ronald Jones did at least like a rotation
1: it's also
3: it's also with how much they're valuing this pacheco guy coming in i was
1: gonna say i think it's a matter of him for just being the odd man out with clyde and we all saw how Jarek mckinnon performed in the playoffs for him last year so
0: not not worth the money at that point totally understandable yeah
1: Yeah, for sure so uh yeah um along the same lines though talking about you know ronald jones coming from tampa bay i'm also selling on tampa bay's running back leonard fournette just because of, I, a lot of it is due in part to I don't see him having the same production this year as he had last year. Last year, Leonard Fournette was easily a top 10 running back, especially in PPR. He had his best receiving season by far, um, 69 receptions, 454 yards, only two touchdowns. But he for PPR's sakes, getting you those points in between the 20s, he was always a good, uh, nice little check down target for Tom Brady. Uh, but I do think the rookie that they drafted this year, Rashad White, is going to cut into his production just because I find Ru- Rashad White seems to be more of the the better receiving back. And he's um, he's dynamite out of the backfield. And I just think that the youthful legs, you know, run the rookie running back early let him get those hard yards, let him grind it out, and Leonard Fournette should have value towards the back end of the year for, you know, the playoff push and everything like that, but where he's going right now at the beginning of the third round, I'm just not trying to take him in, you know, as a what would possibly be my running back one. Um, So... Not really buying in on Leonard Fournette. Like I said, most of it's just in part of I think the rookie Rashad White is going to eat into a lot of his value. There was reports, you know, that Leonard came into the uh, training camp a little overweight. It's also been reported that he's gotten that weight back down and he's a little more manageable. He's a pro. He's a vet. He knows what he's doing out here. But also, he's another year in the league. He's another year older. And those running back legs, man. They they don't get younger and it doesn't get easier to run that ball. So selling on another uh, sixth year guy in Leonard Fournette and you know like I said most of it also is the value and like I, he's going top three behind Leonard Fournette you can get DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, Javante Williams, Nick Chubb, Travis Etienne. I'm probably going to take all of those guys before I would look at taking Leonard Fournette just because I see them of having more of a premier role in their offenses.
0: Getting Leonard right after Javonta Williams, right before Nick Chubb, I mean, there's just so much risk to Leonard Fournette with the injuries that he has. On top of that, without Tom Brady, you know, doing Tom Brady things, Leonard Fournette has no value last year. Not really. I mean, he didn't – he got all of what he got because of the receiving, so – I, I just think that there's other people you can take a little bit later, like James Connor, who scored every time he touched the ball last year. That's just going to be more in like the fourth or fifth round instead of the third round, taking a running back like that. Hopefully, you've already got one, so you can wait a little bit. If you went double receiver, though, and you've got a guy like Nick Chubb there, you can get Ezekiel Elliott another round later. I feel like I'm a lot more safe there.
1: Yep, I definitely agree there. Now, uh Julian, I know you gave us Traylon Burks and Trevor Lawrence. You selling on anybody else in the AFC South?
2: You know what's funny, actually, with that division, there's actually a lot of upside
0: players. Because they're all getting drafted so low. I mean, there's nobody getting drafted in the first eight rounds from any of those divisions, not really. But There's sneaky value in that.
1: Also, Uh, if you're looking at bad teams, you're looking at shootouts, which is always fantasy value.
2: Exactly.
1: So, uh, hey, Austin, I, you sold on a running back earlier in the AFC West. You got any more sales that you're doing over there?
3: Yeah, I got another running back. Uh, running back for the Raiders, Josh Jacobs. He's a uh, running back 29 with an ADP of 44. He's I've seen him going pretty deep in drafts. People aren't really sold on him this year, as I'm not either. With Josh McDaniels coming over, it's going to be more of a pass-hoppy offense, as well as – Devonte Adams coming over. It's going to take away a lot of the receiving away from Jacobs. And the Raiders also drafted a rookie, Zaire White, so he's going to be playing into the uh, running back role. I just don't see um,
1: Jacobs being the bell cow back that he used to be for that team. He's also been brought up in trade rumors, too. And they didn't pick up his fifth-year option as well. Exactly.
0: they're not They're not sold
3: on him. So,
0: I mean, he could prove something different, but I don't see it happening. Uh, you know, the guy came from New England and we know how New England treats their running backs, So I don't see it being much different. Josh McDaniels came from New England, the head coach. I apologize. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, we know how New England treats their running backs. I don't see it being much different in Las Vegas this year um, unless they had a Jonathan Taylor type, someone Christian McCaffrey that's that they are the they have to be on the field every time like and that's but also not Josh Jacobs.
1: Also, it's a matter, too, of I'm always just a proponent of a new head coach whenever he drafts his guys, and he exactly. drafted, handpicked a running back coming out of Georgia. Um, I, in those aspects there, yeah, them not picking up the fifth-year option, he's on the trade block. All the tea leaves are there for Josh Jacobs to kind of just be out of there. If not, yeah, I, d- I definitely don't see him having the kind of role that he's had in the past there. Um so definitely you know I I agree I would sell on Josh Jacobs for su- for sure. Um I don't I wouldn't even consider him a sleeper. A a sleeper that I would love to pick up here just because and when I go to sleepers I always start looking at rookies first just because typically they're going later in the draft. So naturally that just slots them into a sleeper. And one of the rookie receivers I'm looking at this year for sure is Chris Olave, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Man I absolutely loved him coming out of Ohio state. The guy is a baller and you put him in that saints offense. Now, obviously Sean Payton's not there this year, so we don't know exactly what the offensive outlook is going to be like. Now you can only assume that the offense will stay pretty similar just because they have the same pieces in place. They added Jarvis Landry. Like I said earlier, drafted Chris Olave here And so they're putting the weapons around Jameis, but also the same kind of weapons that typically are in that offense and that typically thrive. Um, Last year at Ohio State, he had just under 1,000 yards at 936, but the guy had 13 touchdowns on an average of 14 yards a catch. Absolute speedster, deep threat. Jameis loves to throw the deep ball, take a wrist down the field and just try to pick up those chunk yards. So definitely would be buying into Chris Olave, especially because you can get him in the 11th round. That's not even flex territory as far as where you're drafting. That's a bench guy that you're drafting there just to hope and pray that he ends up developing. But this is a guy that could end up becoming the wide receiver too on his team and on a team that likes to spread the ball around. So uh, like I said, I was buying on Jameis Winston. I like Chris Olave as a sleeper. I think the Saints are going to be a sneaky team overall this year.
3: I like that pick. Who you got for a sleeper, Julian?
2: For a sleeper, Um, I know they've been talking about it. Like it almost doesn't even feel like a sleeper anymore. Uh, Damian Pierce, running back for the Texans, a team that's going to be horrible. So they're not going to be running the ball a lot. Why am I saying Damian Pierce? Damian Pierce went to University of Florida, fourth round pick. Their main back right now is Marlon Mack. And Marlon Mack is kind of the quintessential undrafted running back that just bounces around. The Texans are looking for a main back. They're not going to put up a lot of points, but Damian Pierce catches the ball out of the backfield. And he in my honest opinion, will be there three down back. I like Damian Pierce late. If you can draft him late, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying he's an early round draft pick, but late round draft pick, take Damian Pierce. If you're in a, um, a dynasty league, definitely take him as soon as you can. Damian Pierce, without a, without a doubt.
1: I like Damian Pierce this year as well. I mean, hell, he's rated above or right around the same uh, guys in his draft class with James Cook, Kenneth Walker. Um, He's rated above Michael Carter, uh, Rashad Penny, Daryl Henderson, Naheem Hines for the Colts. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think the value is there
2: for him. Michael Carter already is basically the lead back for the Jets. So you're getting you're getting a lead back for the Texans already. Yeah, a lot of here. people
0: would say that uh, Brees Hall is the lead back for the Jets. And that Marlon Mack's likely going to open the season. I mean, are, is your take that you're saying that Damian Pierce week one, he's already the starter, or you think that yeah. he comes in by week six? Cause it sounds to me no. like a waiver wire, like addition for sure. Uh, you no. definitely don't have to draft him, right? Like, I mean, no. if anything,
2: he's a last overall pick, you're getting Marlon no. Mack in the same round. No, Damian Pierce is going to be the lead, the lead back for them from day one. Let me
1: uh, just to throw it out there. Damian Pierce right now is the only Texans running back with any draft value assigned to him.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
3: he's getting drafted to where like he's not your last pick. He's definitely someone you have to pick up in the middle of your bench spot.
1: Yeah, I I like Damian Pierce this as, as well. Especially like I said in that sleeper spot towards the end of your draft, stick him on the bench, wait for him to really get his feet under him, start getting those consistent carries, and hell, you have somebody that could possibly win you a couple games this year for sure.
2: I I have a question for you guys. What do you guys think about Bryant Robinson?
1: I like B Rob a lot in. this year. I think,
2: I think, I think he's going to end up a up, lot from
1: Antonio. I think he's going to end up taking the whole spot from Antonio. Antonio's fumble uh, problems are popping up again here just early in the preseason. He's proven he can't really stay on the field. For whatever reason, they don't trust him in the red zone. Now they have B-Rob, a better power back back there, so they don't have to go into that third down offense in the red zone with J.D. McKissick. So, yeah, I'm really high on B-Rob this year as well, especially as, you know, a uh, sleeper over there for the
2: NFC East we get it but what's kind of aggravating is these fucking alabama running backs they keep stealing carries like
1: they're worker horses bro like they come out just ready to hit the grind like they they're going up against nfl talent every damn day in practice i mean it's like miami was back in the 80s 90s and early 2000s like iron sharp and iron like it's just These guys go up against NFL type of players every day in practice. They're playing in the SEC, so they're playing NFL caliber players almost every weekend in their own division. They're going, Alabama, they're going deep into the season, so they've got to have that longevity. Now, I will say Alabama players do typically break down within the first three seasons or so of their career just because of how much they're leaned on. But with the way they've built that factory there, these guys aren't running the ball for two to three full seasons at Alabama anymore. They're getting their one season of glory and they're moving on and then they're producing in the league. So, yeah, I definitely think it's going to continue there um, for B Rob, Brian Robinson uh, in Washington there, DC. So uh, Austin, wake up over there. You sleeping on anybody?
3: No, I'm up there in the sky with my boy Sky Moore for my sleeper. He's a wide receiver 31 right now with the ADP of 128. The ADP is climbing with the injury of McCole Hardman. Um, He's a second-round pick out of Western Michigan. He's Mahomes' new speedy gadget. He's got great hands. He shows great signs of potential in camp. Um, His senior season in college, or actually his junior, because he went a year early, he had 95 receptions, 1300 yards and 10 touchdowns. So if we can get anywhere close to that, we'll see great fantasy value coming out of Sky Moore.
2: Sky Moore and the situation that he's been put into. Like you you can't argue that like Sky Moore is going to put up some stuff. It's just is it now or is it 2 years from now? So I like Sky Moore a lot. I just don't know if it's going to be this year or next year. Yeah, I'm on
1: the same train. I like Sky more. I don't know so much about this year. It's more of a let's wait and see how much of a chemistry he's able to build with uh, Mahomes. And also, you know, um, where he played in college, I believe it was Western Michigan. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, I mean, he's not necessarily going up against the best of the best every week. So, it's always take those receivers with a grain of salt just because of, you know, who they're playing against. Um, you know, that's why I'm taking a little grain of salt this year with Drake London. Uh Coming out of USC, he only played in eight games last year, was still voted the Pac-12 uh, wide receiver, Pac-12 player of the year. In those eight games, he had 88 receptions, average of 11 receptions a game, 1,084 yards and seven touchdowns. So the guy is literally giving you 11 receptions, over 100 yards and a touchdown in every game that he's playing in at USC. Now, like I said, it's the Pac-12, not necessarily known for their defenses or anything like that, but where he's now um, on the Falcons, the same argument for Kyle Pitts goes for Drake London. They don't have any pass catchers other than Kyle Pitts and Drake London out there. And so with the rookie wide receiver, you got Marcus Mariota and a rookie quarterback behind him. Either way, I do think that he will still get the tar- uh, enough of a target share to where it should help him out and get him at least some value, especially where you can snag him in the drafts right now. He's going in the, uh, he's going to round above Chris Olave actually. So he's going, you know, about the middle of the 10th round. And I just think for that value, uh, another guy, like I said, you draft him just to stash him and see what happens. But uh, he's another guy I think you'll be able to throw him into your flex position a few times throughout the year. And he's going to get you the points you need to come out with a victory.
0: You're getting him around the same time as um, Chris Godwin. And, I mean, again, rookie guy, we don't know. Marcus Mariota. We've already we've already gone through it. I don't think that we need to beat this horse to death or anything. But I just – I'd rather I have a think- high offense. I do think he's the most talented wide receiver coming out of this class so far. And yet I would still rather have Chris Olave.
1: This year I'd rather have, and a redraft. I'd rather have Chris Olave, especially because you, you, you get Olave around later. At least with Olave, you get him around later. You
0: get him with Jameis. He has Michael Thomas there and Kareem Hunt, and that's about it. There's not like Marquez Callaway was actually really efficient last year with the looks that he did get, and it's not like there's nobody there. But Chris Olave coming out of camp, you you said it earlier. He's a big play target, and that's exactly what it looks like they're gonna do with him out of what we've seen from camp so far. And doesn't nothing more piss me off than seeing a question mark next to a
3: player's name all season long, and there's already a question mark next to Drake London's
0: name. Is there really? Yep. Uh, is it a hamstring? Because you know that that one sees an ending. It doesn't oh, yeah. end your season no. today. It just ends it by the, the what is it, the 1,000 cuts? Death by 1,000 cuts? I
1: see London. I don't see him getting very many yards this year. I could easily see him finishing the year with about seven to 800 yards. You think I I see him- touchdowns? I see his value in the red zone because he's that big body guy. He's got the just the frame to be able to box people out in the corner. So I think you could easily be looking at seven to eight touchdowns for him in the rookie year. It's just a matter of, like I said, I don't think he's necessarily going to give you as much value in the yards or the receptions for a PPR league. But if I'm just drafting a guy down towards my bench and Chris Godwin's gone, Chris Olave's gone a little early. I have no problem taking Drake London and just seeing what happens in that offense, because like I said, they don't have anybody else to throw to.
0: There's instances where you can get somebody late and they put up one of those big games and you're able to win a league off of it or win a, a week off of it, whatever it is. Uh, last week, me versus you, I had Amon, St. Brown, Amon Ross a. Brown not score a single touchdown through week 10 and then put up 30 points. And that type of stuff happens, but that's not what will generally win you a league. You have to get lucky on that week that it happens starting them. And the eight weeks that he scores a touchdown, if you get lucky enough to only start him those eight weeks, you're doing so solid. But that's impossible. The other 11 weeks, that nine weeks that he does nothing And that's if he doesn't have multiple touchdowns in one game. I mean, there's a lot of risk there. I would rather more of a possession type guy that's going to get more receptions. If I'm in a non-PPR league, Drake London has so much value because you have to have touchdowns and he's going to score more than six. Like we know that.
1: Yeah. And like you said, it's just a matter of being lucky enough. And that's just a matter of that's fantasy football, too, is just looking at the matchup, seeing who he's matched up against that week. What kind of defense he's going up against, you know, how the offense is outlook for the Falcons for their game plan that week. So, yeah, he's one of those guys you just play the matchups and hope that you can maybe put him in with your flex.
3: I can see that. A uh, sleeper I got is uh, coming from the Broncos. We got Albert O. Akwe. Can you pronounce his last name? I was just in the middle of doing it before you cut me off, kind sir. Akwe <laughs> Boonum. Yeah. Is that correct? Yes. That is correct.
0: Albert, I couldn't correct you if I'm It's aqua buonum. Aqua Yeah, oh the, this is a sound bite that we need to definitely use for later. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Albert Let me get the sleeper. Albert O. <laughs> there we go. O. All right. Hey, He's going like to be a top
3: it. six tight end on the year. All right. Mark my words. He's tight end 13th right now and he's ADP of 138. He's a 6'5 boy, 225 pounds, 24 years old. He's young. He could easily be top 10. He pushed Noah Fant on out into Seattle with his talent. Made him expendable. Goddamn right. In the 2021 season, he had only 33 receptions for 333 yards,
1: And two touchdowns. That's an average of ten yards a catch. I'll take that. And how often has Russell Wilson ever had like at a tight end with like um, elite athletic ability? The last one he had
3: was Jimmy Graham, and he did great with Jimmy Graham.
0: I would say that he's about
3: how much Russ talks about how much he can get open, Alberto, and how much he looks at us out of at him as a weapon on the field. We've seen that
0: in interviews and stuff like that. Like he's really highly on Alberto. And that's big coming from Russ. I mean, he's turned like nobody tight ends into fantasy relevant people that you just had to start. You didn't even want to, but you just had to start him because Russ kept making him relevant and like they're running backs. And that that's where I'm so excited with the everything Broncos this year. Um, uh, everything they're going to do, they're, they're going to be one of those top offenses. That's why I think Corlin Sutton is way underdrafted for the same reason. I would runs the same 40 time as guy Moore, which is a four, four. That's insane.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, uh, many... he, he's, yeah, go ahead. he's an athletic specimen at, for sure. All right guys, so yeah, I think we covered everything so far as the uh you know wrapping up our divisional breakdowns here I feel like we gave you guys some solid information going into draft season for everybody be sure to follow the pod on twitter at pro football underscore pod follow colby at coach underscore pFP follow austin at austin underscore pFP or PFP you're going to follow myself at pfp underscore justin because the other one was taken and you know hit us up hit us up with some uh dms give us some questions we'll be glad to answer them on the pod for you guys as always rate like subscribe review and uh we'll be back with you guys next week with some uh top tens and lists like that for our running backs quarterbacks tight ends we're going to break those down before the season gets here for you guys